And we are back. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Cleveland. <coughs> yeah, you are. This is the Hollywood Slinky. Yeah, you are. Joining me, as always, is AMC Mike. Yeah, she what? is. What? Hi. And my super stalwart traveling companion, Rob Alderman. I am, I am. Who is now about to pick a topic. Ready? Yes. Go. Slave Leia. Is she gone? <laughs> I mean, it lit up your face pages. It did. Uh, today, a bunch of people who... Uh, uh, it was artists from Marvel Comics who now are drawing the Star Wars comic books. Uh, let it leak that it looks like Disney is slave washing uh, right, <laughs> the Star right, Wars right, 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 yeah. movies. Um, they're not removing Slave Leia from Return of the Jedi or anything that drastic, but they have apparently decided that they will no longer make any product with Slave Leia. No action figures, no dolls, no sculptures. Um, and, and they've put out a directive that Princess Leia is not to be drawn sexy posed in any of the comic books. Okay. So what do we think? I mean, what do we think? That's my question. Well, first of all, you think this will stay? You think she's gone? Well, I think that Disney can make anything go away. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that that's kind of true, too. Um I think uh, it's weird. It's kind of like hand shot first in a way. Like certain things are just part of the, that's the thing that the biggest issue I have is that this isn't like something going forward and like, we're just creating it and we're saying like, that's not part of this character. Right. But we're going backwards. It's kind of like, remember the time we talked about which X-Man became gay? Iceman. Right, but when we looked in the back, there was no, like, like the the real issue that we had was, like, but he hadn't been gay? Well, they're, no, they're not saying she didn't wear the outfit. They're not erasing that from the history. They're just not going to promote it. Well, Carrie, AMC Mike, uh, you are a POV, a person of the JJ. Why don't you tell us? <laughs> why don't you tell us what you? Man, think? Man, you know what? You always get out there in front fast. That's what I like. It's, let me look. This time you made it to two minutes twenty. Thanks. No, that wasn't bad. No, no I, 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 I do have a JJ. It so. is true. I, listen, I'm. Are I, you I, questioning? Was, no. Okay then. No, Rob, I've seen it. No, listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo. Hey yo. The Slinky's married to AMC Mike. Could you tell? Lulz. So seriously, you're a girl, right? I, so, I, I mean, last yeah, I, last we checked. All right. So, uh, what do you think as as a as a, a woman? What all right. Do you think? Well, there, I, I have two viewpoints on this. The first, I'm going to talk about as a parent of okay. a little girl. Okay. I want her to be able to watch Star Wars and go Princess Leia. Or any of these female characters are, that are in this don't have to be dressed like a slut to be important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to be, you know, there are what two females in all of Star Wars that matter. Well, there and there's that, about to be a third, right? But I'm but I'm saying right, but up I, till no, this I'm point, historically, historically up to this point, there have been two. Monmouth, whatever her name was. Yeah, Monmouth. Oh, yeah. oh, well, no, you're talking about, now you're talking about original trilogy. Well, okay, fine. Because if you're talking about the whole thing, you've got, you've got Princess okay. Leia. Then and, three. And you've got Padme the Cougar. Okay. I'm um, just saying. Okay, fine, then there's three. She was 20, little Annie was eight. Rawr. 
I'm just saying. Why aren't we upset about that, He's Disney? got moves. He's got moves. Clearly. And it just goes to prove that, like, dudes and chicks have way different views. She's like, I want my daughter to be able to watch this. I'm like, my kids are going to learn early. You can score that hot older woman. You know, it's very, it's very, very different oh, man. perspective. That was the Phantom Menace. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Right, yeah. So, okay, Any, you were anyway, saying there are two I, perspectives. Yeah, you know, the, the I mean, pulling back as, you know, someone who's watching this not just for, ooh, the fun of Star Wars, but, like, you know, for, for like, you know, what we do picking films apart, I mean, Lucas wouldn't even let Carrie Fisher wear a bra in the first movie. Yeah, but there aren't any bras in space, though. Okay, you are not helping. <laughs> I picked the right topic if you, we wanted to, like... Uh... Infuriate. Okay, so I'm no, but I'm saying like he went from not letting her wear a bra at all and making her lose weight in the first movie to uh, you know, and she she went on crazy diets like they they made her they were like you have to be thinner now to be princess. Okay, now, now hold on, hold on though, and I, I mean this is dialogue. I'm not saying I'm not, mm-hmm. and let me say I want to say right up front, I'm not devaluing anything of what you're saying. Okay. I am saying, though, like, the truth of that narrative, though, is that she screen-tested at a much, much lower weight and then came to the film at a much, much higher weight after costumes were done, after after storyboards and blocking were done, with a particular arch... It's kind of like saying, like, Chewbacca came in tall and then came in a short a short Wookiee. All right. Or As a woman, though, I can tell you, wearing a bra... Yeah, no, no, no. That's why I was saying I'm not, I'm not, I'm not invalidating that. The bra, the bra. I don't think there's any argument. But, but I'm saying like the whole thing though. I'm just saying like by her own, by her own admission, like she tested for the film and then ate too much. The thing is though, as a female, it devalues. It you know it just does, and you know the fact that you know she ends up in a not only a slave outfit. Okay, if that's where the story took it, but you know it's a slutty outfit. You know, yes, cosplayers, it's a great costume. It's a very fun costume. If you want to be sexy, that's fine. But, you know, the fact that she's literally in underwear in the third movie. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you and then agree with you. Okay? All right. So, first, where I disagree with you. I disagree that it's in the context of the story of Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. She is captured... By a villainous, vile, slothful beast, okay, mm-hmm. who has a a giant uh, party barge, party barge filled with um, evil, mer- you know, mercenaries and bounty hunters. Sure, and he entertains them by getting good-looking women from all races because there are right, they're aliens. And, yeah, and and f- taking them as slaves and forcing them to wear very little clothing and dance to entertain those those evil people. To me, her costume actually serves a story point right. to to demonstrate the atmosphere of who this monster who this monster is, right. Jabba the Hutt. And what kind of operation he is running. Okay. Sure. So I disagree with you in the sense of like how, why, you know, how dare he put her in this slutty outfit. Okay. Now here's where I agree with you though. 
after saying all of that, I think that there's no reason to take that and celebrate it by making sculptures out of it for you to put on your mantle. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, so I feel like I'm not offended that they do it in the movie. Yeah, no, no, I, I do understand. I, I do. I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying it should be stricken from the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not even saying it's wrong. I'm saying what's wrong is the fact that every fanboy out there, when they talk about Princess Leia, they go, <laughs> Slave Leia. You know, none of, like, mo- most, you know, okay, and you're both giving me the look going, I don't do that. Okay, but. I'm not giving most, you any look. Most fanboys. Yeah, no, though, I'm not giving you any look either. I'm just listening. Okay. I, but I'm saying a, a lot of the fanboys, though, you know, <laughs> that's that's what they think of Leia. They don't, they don't go, she was a princess and a senator and she did all this awesome stuff. They go, you know, she was in a chains and a gold bikini you know and it just it's demeaning can i I talk to it for a second too and uh and i want to say that like on both those points i actually agree right so i just want to get that out of the way right when i said when i said the topic i knew it could be contentious Mm -hmm. right but i want it to be interesting not fighty okay but i mean i mean you know i'm willing to fight when it's something i believe in but but i think we're actually mostly on the same page in in general I also agree that it serves a plot point. I, I, but, but since you guys have said that, I won't recap it. I want to talk about the difference in, in, in the way films are made historically because I, as a, as a young man, didn't view that or sexualize it, right? And that's not to say that like young Robbie up in northwest Indiana didn't think Slave Leia was hot, but I have news for you. Young Robbie thought that Princess Leia on Hoth was hot. Yeah, and, was, and young Robbie see, thought that 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 um that Princess Leia in in uh, New Hope was hot, right? That's like, that's what I was gonna say. Was like I actually th- well, like when I think back to how I grew up, like I never thought of Slave Leia as sexual until it started being cosplayed. Like right, that's frank, what I was frankly, say. I was like talk about like I like I, when I was growing up, like I didn't spank it to Slave Leia. You know what I mean? Like here we go. All that right, was well, okay. No, no, this 10. is a very important that was question. Minute that. 10. that was minute ten. Uh, you, you, you. Well, no, you. Hey, you always get me. So, which Leia then? I, when I was a kid, I thought Leia was at her hottest, giving Han the what what in the opening of Empire. Yeah, this like, is what I was going to say. To me, that about was the whole thing that is... was sexy. Leia was like where she was like, just so you know, I'm I'm better than you. I'll allow it. What else, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, say, that's, that's what was sexy. Like, what, what happens now is we have this weird cultural shift. And I'm going to try to get it out right, okay? Where this Slave Leia has become a thing post-films. Right. But, like, at the time, at the height of all of it, she was, like, the most empowered character right. in film. You talk about a woman who was in charge. She was telling the dudes what to do. She was in charge of the army. She was, was like she like she when they came to rescue Jabba. her. Right when they came to rescue her, she was like, "Aren't you a little bit short for a stormtrooper?" Like, like you didn't see characters like that. So, like by the time she was Slave Leia, which is a really brief moment and at the beginning, of and the film. Slave Leia by choice. She's right, exactly. She's already, she's already like this powerful person in my eyes. So I'm only speaking for who little Robbie, right? Like, Little Robbie loved the movies, but Little Robbie was, like, very aware that, like, this is a powerful princess, right, who, like, commands armies and tells people what to do. Like, never did I feel like, 
even even like you know, and we don't need to get into like the incestuous issues of like her and Luke, but like even when she kisses Luke and she's like, "For good luck," or whatever, it's like right, like she's taking her moment, her piece of that too, like. Everything it's freely given. It's not, oh, you saved me, and now you're gonna dip me in your arms like a, like a southern belle and kiss me on the mouth. It was like everything about her was tough. When they're in a firefight, she's freaking shooting just like the dudes are. So like, for me growing up, that just wasn't even part of it. And right. I had a slave Leia figure, just like I had a Hoth Leia figure, just like I had a. You know why uh, I had slave Leia as an action figure because that's how she's dressed when she kills my job of the hut action figure. Right. So I just right. think like it does serve a purpose. Now what happened was post this cosplayers turned it into how to into dress something sexy style right, into something else, and I wasn't even aware that it was a thing actually because uh, you guys know I I didn't cosplay. You know I'm kind of new to. That right, and so like I was actually really surprised when I went to my first con, and there were like all these slave Leia's around because to me like Leia wasn't slave Leia. Princess Leia is Princess Leia. Just like I don't think of Luke as like Jedi Luke and Hoth Luke, and like but I had my favorite action figures, and it's not like I was a little kid staring at my slave Leia action figure like as it was something dirty right. because I because I wasn't. And that's the truth. And on the show, I would say if it was otherwise. But, like, I thought Leia was hot as a character. But it's because she was a tough chick who was, like, flying spaceships and shooting bad guys and, like, part of the team. So the the thing with it now is I guess we need a little bit more, like, like I'm I'm fully behind Disney's decision to say, like, we're not going to aggrandize this. Right, like we're not going to take part in an unhealthy culture, but for me, and this is, and you know, I got a daughter now too, you know, and I think about like what, she, how her self perception is, and who she is, and I got boys, you know, that are, you know, at the age to be watching these movies and stuff like that, and like, what are they going to think about when? But like, when I think back to when I was Rusty's age, I didn't have any sort of weird unhealthy perception. That's what I'm saying. Like, I started with Leia, first Leia. And then second movie Leia, and then third movie Leia, and like on. And then when I read the books, that was the natural. So for me, that was just her in an outfit, and I had no idea this whole like world of nasty had kind of grown up around it. I mean, maybe, maybe my perception is different than you guys, but you know, I you know I I can remember kids going. Wow, she's hot in that outfit. Like, you know, in my grade when we watch, watch Jedi. So maybe you guys were just better people than well, them. I'm, no, I'm not saying I, that. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I always thought she... What I'm saying is, like, I always thought she was hot. Okay, yes, but there's a difference between going, she's hot, and going, wow, she's dressed sexual. Well, you know? I mean, to that end, I, I, I definitely was sheltered. I mean, okay. I can tell you, I can tell but, you but that, I, like, okay. anybody who's I'm ever met saying, my parents could tell you, like... I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm not being uh, crazy with this viewpoint that I'm coming oh, from. Oh, no, like, no, I'm no, not and, alone. I, and I don't think, like, I don't think, at least for me, I'm not saying your viewpoint's wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I can only say, like, I don't recall there being, like, like, I played Star Wars is what I played. And I played it with my buddies, and I played it with my friends, and they all had action figures, and there was no, like, gross Leia talk around the action figure box. 
you know. Well, um, and there, it also could be a little bit that, you know, like, especially, especially nowadays, you know, you know, just from, from, uh, like when I was a little girl to little girls now, little girls are a lot more aware of their bodies oh, sure, and yeah. what that people wear and how they, I mean, Dakota asked me about makeup the other day. Right. So, I mean, like, and so, like, as a mom, that's scary a little bit. And she's interested in Star Wars. So, like, I'm very excited, like, that uh, Carrie Fisher and, uh, what's the new girl's name? I don't know her name yet. I don't Rhett, know. Rhett, whatever. Ray. 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 I'm, not a, the I'm not a fanboy enough yet. Okay. The, the, the actress of Ray had a big uh, sit-down talk where Carrie Fisher went, don't let them put you in a bikini. Whatever because you're you do. defined by that. I read that article. Yeah, you know, like whatever you do, don't do that. I did read how it like and, how she felt like it had affected her forever. That everywhere well, yeah. she went, like that's like that's who she was. right. But I mean, like if if that's what all of her fans are ad- identifying her as, there is something there, you know. Yeah, well, um, I don't think like by me saying that that wasn't happening then is not me saying that there weren't ramifications from that. Or that there weren't like you know twenty year old dudes watching that you know I mean I, when yeah. I'm watching that I'm a young I'm a young kid but like yeah. that's not to say there weren't twenty year old dudes that weren't getting gross with it I'm just saying like for me it was just one costume of many costumes of a character mm-hmm. that I really do, do you really know what this whole uh, thing because I, I started thinking about it because I I will say this you know while I I don't think it's uh, you know, I, I hope they don't do something like this in the new movies, you know. I'm not saying I want them to take them out of the old movies. You know, obviously, it's part of the story. It fits. Um, but I was thinking about how, like, for a minute I went, you know, because in my heart of hearts, I'm a Trekkie. Right. And, in oh, hold on. Well, yeah. that explains yeah. it. Um, <laughs> well, and in my head, I went, well, they've never done this in Star Trek before. They didn't need to. And then I went, no, they did in the last movie. And it brought the movie to a complete grinding halt. They did it they with did Uhura, it. too. Yeah, and, and it also brought it to a complete halt. Both times that I can think of that they were like, let me, you know, Uhura with her fan dance when she's, you know, 80 years old. That was not right yeah. on many levels. And then in this, in the newest movie, when the the blonde chick was cha- randomly changed clothes in front of Kirk, it was weird. That was weird. And that it, really was gratuitous, like, yeah. in the full sense of that term. Exactly. That w- I, I remember thinking, like, how completely inappropriate that and, had nothing and, to do with Inappropriate this. brought the whole thing to a halt. <laughs> yeah. you, like, even Kirk had this look, look on his face, like, what is going what on? What are we filming here? What, are, yeah. what, are, what is happening? I, and I don't forget, they also did it in every single episode with Kirk. There's well, a, yeah, but, you know. Yeah. There's, a, there's a little piece of me, though, that that wants to ask... Are we making it a thing by making it a thing? I think that that's that's the thing. Is you and I feel like that's true. And then people tell us, like, we have to check our privilege. And maybe we do. You know what I mean? But, like, Carrie's got this very, like, people don't listen to the podcast. They can't see Carrie's gestures and her face and her... I'm a hand talker. You know, and she's, like, really intense about this. And we're like, yeah, I was like a little kid, and I already thought she was hot, whatever. Right. right? Like, how is this different than a, how is this more offensive than a Bond girl? Right, and it's not, right? It's no, it's not. And I think what makes it different, and I'm going to speculate, if I could, 
if 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 the ladies of the internet would allow me my privilege for a minute to speak on a female subject, Bond girls are just Bond girls. Like Princess Leia is a main, the main female character in what is maybe the most beloved franchise in all of film history, and to like sexualize that is to somehow like trash it up. Whereas well, a Bond and, girl is just there to be trashed. And there's really <laughs> only Princess Leia. There's 80 million Bond girls. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, like she's the real. She's a character. Well, well, but I'm saying, and she's the only one in that franchise. Really, yeah, I mean, in the original, you know, and Bond girls, he has two a movie, three a movie, you know. Yeah, we, I, and we don't even necessarily know their names. Yeah, they're they're literally Bond girls. Their names are pussy galore. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. And this is different in a sense than than I I, I just think the damage had personally right. It seems to me, and I could be wrong, Carrie, that the that the damage was post. You know that it was like there you have this character. It really is a part of the story, and that's again like okay. The weight issues aside, we weren't there. We don't know anything about that. We do know, we know for a fact she showed up much heavier than she's supposed to be. I don't think by telling her to diet they were out of line. Like any more than when. Uh, um, What's-His-Face showed up at the Heart of Darkness and he was fat and drunk and they didn't start production on that film for six months while he dieted just to get in shape enough to give his lines. As far as the bra thing, that's something that like I had just recently heard in a couple of interviews and I think it's kind of scummy. It's uh, very scummy. You know, and, and indicative of an age of excess when, you know, men were running Hollywood in that way. Uh, but but as far as, like, Slave Leia... I. It would it would actually bother me, I think, if they like if if you if you just removed it from the films. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm well, not, but yeah. I mean, you know, we've had additions and removals from the films before. You could go in and CGI her into some sort of other outfit. It's possible. And th- but then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just saying you could do it. I'm going to put my privilege hat on for just a second and ask the question, though. Why is it a bad thing to say that a woman can be both powerful and sexy? Because that really wasn't her choice. Because women like it when they get to say it. But if you say it, you're a jerk. Well, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I just said it. I'm I'm dead serious. Yeah, and you know what? You're wrong. No, I'm perfectly right. So what's the time? What's the minute marker on this one? I don't know. But what I'm saying is, if you said, if you sat on the show and you said it's completely okay for a woman to be powerful and sexy, that's fine, right? It's completely fine for you. But if a dude looks at a situation like this and says, "What's wrong with a girl being powerful and sexy?" Then it's like you can't. Okay, I'm, 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 I apologize. I misunderstood the way the way you said that. It came across as a man allowing her. Oh no, no! That's no, why no. I was like, "We want to throw down, Rob. We can no, throw down." You have to understand, he's he's a POWP, a person of white privilege, and uh... <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's my point. Is I'm telling, I'm saying, like there are just certain areas where, like, like a dude can't say that, but like, here's the, here's the truth. If if let's say that uh, Carrie Fisher had had a completely different post film experience, mm-hmm. right? She didn't, and you know, I, I can't speak to any of that. But let's say she was like, I freaking loved it, right? Like you got some of these uh, 
these Game of Thrones women are coming out right now because they're in these like terrible, brutal scenes, and everybody is like flipping out. And then they'll they'll come on an interview and be like, "Man, I love that. Like, I love the fact that like at one point I was like killing somebody with a sword, but in the next one I was like in chains or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? And they're saying this, and people don't really know what to do, right? Because they're a woman." They're in Hollywood, and they're making this statement. But if a dude were to say that, like, that's just, that is not, yeah. no. <laughs> you well, can't, you know? And, but, and we're not women in Hollywood. Right. And what if, I mean, the other thing, too, is, is, is wow, I haven't even said anything, and I'm getting the look from AMC Mike. <laughs> I'm going to say that we're done. subject we had to talk about it Number five, The Last Witch Hunter, uh, $5.2 million, bringing its two-week total to $19 million. I didn't know people were seeing that movie. I kind of want to see it, dude. Vin really? Diesel. Really? I, like, want to Netflix it. You want to Netflix it? Yeah. You want to sit at home in some comfy soft pants and watch Well, it? like, I want to be like, hey, Carrot Cake, let's watch The Last Witch Hunter. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to see The Last Witch Hunter. I want carrot cake to see the last. There you go. That seems fair. Number four, Hotel Transylvania two, five point nine million dollars, bringing its six week total to one hundred and fifty six million. That's doing good. Yeah, it is. AMC Mike and I saw that. We took Dakota. Yeah. And it was it was all right. Yeah, you guys said it was good. Number three, Bridge of Spies. $8.4 8.4 million dollars bringing its 3 million 3 million week total <laughs> bringing really its poorly, then. 3 week total to 45.5 million dollars uh finally you know it took it 3 weeks it finally broke its budget back I guess that just means like people are just now realizing Tom Hanks is not dead Yeah you know <laughs> just not who he was buddy Number 2 goosebumps $9.9 million, bringing its three-week total to 56.7. Did you guys make a decision? Are you taking Dakota? No, nah, I don't think so. A little, a little too old? I think at this point, we'd, she's probably going to see the Peanuts before she sees it. That's she's fair. been 
talking a lot about the peanuts. And you know what? I don't even think it's so much that, like, because I actually think she'd be fine in the movie. I It just, you know, time-wise. I, sure. I don't think we have time to yeah. finagle. Number one, The Martian, $11.7 million. It's fifth week in the number one slot, bringing its total gross to $183.1 million. Do you see that one, Rob? I haven't seen it yet. Why not? Have you? No. Why not? We all gave it a great. Yeah, I know. That is, it is one of those where the further we move away from it, the less I care. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I'm all for it. I still think, I mean, I think I'll see it one day. You know, I don't have anything against it, but it's just, I mean, dude, I'm a jaded podcaster now. There's very little that I think I just absolutely have to see anymore. I don't know. That's how I feel. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. So there. Yeah. So there. Well, what do you want? What do you want to do next? I don't know. What do you want to do? AMC Mike, what do you want to do next? I don't, I don't know. What do you want to do? Um. I'm trying to think of if there's anything. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Melissa Matheson, the the screenwriter of E.T. passed away. Aww. She was 65 years old. You know, she was married to Harrison Ford for a while uh, before he swapped out for uh, the boring chick from Eight Days, Seven Nights or whatever that bad They must movie was. be the most boring couple. On the... Can you imagine yeah. them at dinner? Hi. How was, how was your day? Yeah, yeah, he's not much. Oh, he's an awful interviewer. Um, so... Uh, do you want to go ahead? You want to do the big news? I just did. No, you did the box office numbers. <laughs> Apparently, there's not much big news. Is that it? That was our big news. Well, then I do have something to discuss. Ooh. And this is called "Is Jar Jar Binks a Sith Lord?" Because this is going to blow over soon, so we need to have this discussion about um, Jar Jar Binks. Because I did hear that they finally they've created an entire registered subreddit to this theory now. It's blown up that big over the last forty eight hours. All right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it. Really, is this where we're at? Really, are you referring to the Star Wars or our podcast? Uh huh. <laughs> well, I mean, if there's no big news. This was, I, mean, I didn't say there wasn't big news. I'm just saying that this Jar Jar thing is a stupid theory. Like, I mean, it's just like an internet stupid theory. I don't know, man. I don't know. So you've bought into it. Well, okay, can I tell you why? Yeah, it's your podcast. Okay. Rob's drinking the Kool-Aid. Nope, here we go. A little while ago, two years, you I and I care. sat around and we did a little thing called Let's talk about why the prequels matter. And in each one, we, you and I sat around. I don't remember where we were. It wasn't here. And we were talking about where, I think maybe it was at the office. We were just talking. We were like, we need to really come up with something that's going to get people talking and blah, 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 right? And as we did, we decided we were going to do this prequel thing. And as we did, we took apart every single character, specifically... Jar Jar Binks. And we talked about how um, 
integral he actually was to the storyline. Okay? All I'm saying is, when you see the theory laid out with the notations, with the actual um, clips to those pieces of the film, right? It is much less just like crazy person ranting about something and makes a lot more sense. And here's the here's why. On our own, without this Reddit thing coming happening two years later, one of the things you and I talked about was why is it that when people see Jar Jar do something, they hate it, but when you see other characters do it, you don't mind. And we talked about it not only together, but we brought it up at the panel at Kanuga. And we said, look, you, you think it's like the dumbest thing in the world when Jar Jar does like a really weird flip, but you don't think it's the dumbest thing in the world when the Jedi's move real fast or jump over something or like, you know, like Jar Jar can do this flip and everybody thinks it's stupid, but Luke can like backflip off of the party barge and we think it's awesome because it's just kind of like part of what a Jedi does or part of what a Sith does, right? So all I'm going to say is I became aware of some new evidence. And I don't know if it's new to you. So I'm going to throw it out there. You can interact with it if you want. Have you heard about the Jar Jar Binks and Carbonite thing? Okay. So, mid-90s, whatever. George Lucas is in this interview. And it's a published interview. You can go out and you can find it. And he says in this interview, uh, there's a second tier two character in the, in the prequels who gets frozen and later on will become very important in the, in the later films in 79. Okay. So he, he literally says like this character gets frozen, right? When Disney now, now you fast forward a little bit to the force awaken. I think, is it the force unleashed? It's a Xbox star Wars. Yeah. It's the force unleashed. And one of the Easter eggs in it is Jar Jar Binks encased in carbonite. Also, if you go to his Wikipedia page, Wikipedia page, sorry, Star Wars fans, um, and you read through it, it actually talks about how like Palpatine sends him away so that he'll be unaffected by the events of what's the kill all the Jedi thing event Order Order sixty six. Okay, so he's sent away specifically for that. In addition to this. In the very first teaser toys that Star that Disney made right after acquiring the franchise, the first thing they did, which was register Jar Jar Binks in the very first set of characters for the next upcoming three movies and release a promo toy of him encased in carbonite. So you have this old interview with George Lucas saying there's a tier two character. He's not that much in the prequels, but he's very, very important later on in the movies and he's frozen. Now, he uses the word frozen. He doesn't say carbonite. He doesn't say anything like that. Then you have the Jar Jar Binks and Carbonite um, uh, Easter egg in the video game. Then the prequels come out. Jar Jar is in there. He does do all of these things, right? That at least, I mean, we can all admit that. Like in the Reddit thing, the, the one reason it has taken off, like wildfire. And it may be bunk, just like you said. But if it's not, this dude did nail it. Right, it's not like he didn't do his homework. It's it, it's 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 documented. So this whole thing is, you have Lucas say, 
tier two character. He gets frozen. He's important down the road. Then you have Disney. They license the character for the next three the next three films, right? Which why do that if he's not even going to be in there? And then they release a toy with him encasing carbonite. So it's just there's too many like little things now that have me saying this could be. It's not about drinking the Kool Aid. It's about at least recognizing a well-made argument. Does that make sense? And I haven't seen the clips, but apparently I learned tonight, like there are clips too where like he's involved in the conversations and it looks like he's standing there, but he's moving his lips as though he's like manipulating them. And so like I got a guy who's supposed to send me those clips. I'll text him (laughs) while we're sitting here. Anyway, but you, you clearly think it's just bull. It's just, it's I just, do. I think it's just people reaching. It's just. What do you think, AMC Mike? Is it possible? I think, and and I haven't read all of all of that just because I've not. I didn't know about it till tonight. Well, I I, I had seen it. I just the didn't. carbonite stuff. I didn't know about. I I had seen the Sith Lord stuff, but not the carbonite. I I can buy into the fact that maybe he was force sensitive. But I, I don't, the problem is he was a bumbling idiot by himself in the movie. You know, like when it, when it was just Jar Jar in the room, he was still just being Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. You know, like it wasn't like Palpatine where he'd I be feel, like. I, I feel you on that. Actually, you nobody know, said that, but that's a good point. You know, I, I just like, I could totally see him be for, being force sensitive because that means that the force was just making him trip in the right ways. Yeah, just do his flips and yeah, accidentally stumble so he you know hits the uh, droids, the, the Roger Roger droids and whatever. Right. You know, like okay, I could buy that if I needed to. You know, I'd be I'd be very okay with that, but I just I I don't know. I just I want my Sith lords and my Jedi's to be smarter, competent, than that. competent. Yeah, and I can and I have a real hard time believing that. You know, because I've heard argument that he was a Jedi and that he was a Sith. I've heard both of them. And if, you know, you can't be a Jedi without the Council knowing. You just can't be a Jedi. It makes more sense that he's a Sith. Yeah. If he were to be one of but the But if two. he was a Sith, then the numbers are off. Right? Yeah, what do you mean? There's oh, like how two. many there can be at a time? Yeah, because there can only be two at a time. And so the numbers would be completely off. Right. You can't have that many? Yep. Hmm. You don't like saying, it. I, no, I, people are. What if Jar Jar Binks was a Sith Lord? <laughs> no, that's just stupid. There, okay. debunked. All right, dude. I just, <laughs> I wanted to throw it out there. I wanted to throw it out there. It is news right now. I'm, I'm sorry that this wasn't a more, uh, a more interesting discussion. I just, but the problem is that for me, it's like. I'm going to be the arrogant Star Wars fan for a minute, okay? But I'm the guy in, I'm the guy who in the room I'm a, I'm the person You're in the, the room only one of us that had a museum. That has a museum, that's right. So, here's the thing. Uh like that theory is I just feel like that theory is just so stupid it's below me. You know what I mean? I it's just like come on. Check your Gungan privilege, man. Yeah. You can't say that. If Jar Jar said it it would be okay. As a person of fandom, uh, I have to say that. Okay, I, I what is going just... on with the two of you? <laughs> like seriously, I, I just, I'm trying to tell him he doesn't have a right. He can't snub you. He can't snub me. 
You're not allowed. I'm just kidding. You can feel snobby if you want. I get it. I just, man, when you see it all laid out with all the notations and stuff, that's, that's a pretty dog good. It's it's a good argument. That's all I'm going to say. You entertained I just, that I Luke just... Skywalker theory a few weeks ago. Which one? The one where he's uh, turned to the dark side. Well, that's not a... Th- I'm... I'm uh... I'm willing to entertain the idea that he's turned to the dark side, but I am not. I have never been willing to entertain that he's Kylo Ren. Yeah, me too. I I I was kind of like the guy in the article. I always just thought it happened, like it was never even up for discussion. Like I just, as a kid, I thought he had turned to the dark side. It's how he acted. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. was already acting that way at Jabba's palace. So, at least a little bit. Like that's how I felt. Like he, you know. Wearing all black and his robes and all that stuff and being all arrogant. So, I don't know. That's what I think. Well, you know, the Washington Post found this theory to be worth writing an article about. The Jar Jar or the... The Jar Jar. And their headline, uh, it was actually today. Okay. And their headline is, The Big Problem with the Jar Jar Theory. Okay, what is the big and uh, it's talking about how you Too know the things. fan the fan theory on Reddit from a user whose name is Lumpawaru, so you know it's a good theory. I was gonna say he's legit. Um, and it says uh, the theory's major flaw is that Jar Jar Binks is not the worst part of the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> Fixing Jar Jar by <laughs> revealing that he is in fact. The big bad, or would it be the big bomb bad? Uh, it doesn't solve the biggest problem of the sequels. Um, it goes on to say that uh, it's unlikely Jar Jar is a force user, given his is a tr- unlikely Jar Jar is a trained force user, given his background living underwater in a swamp full of problematic caricatures, um, even if he possessed force powers. There's also a border between fake oafery designed to fool other people into thinking you're an oaf and actual unmistakable oafery. That's the... Carrie made that argument. I made both of those arguments, And Jar Jar is on the getting tongue electrocuted, stepping in (laughs) poo, wrong side of that line. So. <laughs> there. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I wish it were true. Really? I want it to be true. Why? I do. I Because, like, I, I, it would actually make so much sense. It would make more sense than a couple of Jedi allowing some doofus to just hang out with them all the time. You know, him actually manipulating his way along would make more sense to me. And that's just me. That's what I yeah. want. Right? So. Yeah, he also goes on to say that, to basically say that with all of the, with all of the um, manipulating that Lucas has done in these movies since they were made, like making the pod race even longer and having, you know, Han fire second, um, this goes to show the kind of judgment that Lucas has been exercising all throughout these prequels 
and it makes me even less inclined to believe he is some mastermind <laughs> whom we, the audience, ultimately stopped from making something beautiful. <laughs> right. That's all. That may be the best case against it. That yeah. may be the best case against the theory. I don't know. What's next? What do we want to do next? Well, uh, CBS just announced uh, a couple of days ago that... They're, they have greenlit a new Star Trek TV series. How does that make you feel? Well, Alex Kurtzman uh, is going to oversee it. He is the guy who co-scripted the two J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. Right. Um, and uh, it's going to debut in January of 2017, featuring new characters. Um, you know, the fact that Kurtzman is doing it tells me that it's Probably guaranteed to be set in the new Star Trek world. Okay. Um, and uh, that doesn't interest me nearly as much, frankly. What about you, AMC, Mike? You were just talking earlier about how you love some Star Trek. Um, It makes me tingly inside. I am all for this. I like the new Star Trek universe. I do, too. I, I think... Uh, I think it's fun and accessible. And, and, and you know what? It... I, I know uh, Slinky argues this, but I think it does feel like Star Trek. You know, we've we've had this argument and, you know, discussion before, but I really enjoy it. I really like it. Star Trek needs to be on TV. It's best when it's on TV. Yeah. And I think that, um, that a new, um, even if they said it, like, in uh, Next Generation, New World, you know... I don't know how to word that right. Uh, next next generation time, but in the new universe, right. could be awesome. You know, I just I just think that um, that would be. I think it would be healthy for the franchise to have uh, the two universes going on at the same time, right? Because that's again, that's when Star Trek is best too. Is when it's it's uh, juggling. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, for me, I just my uh, the reason the new Star Trek doesn't feel like Star Trek to me is because um, old Star Trek used to. Um, this is gonna sound like I'm ripping on it, but old Star Trek used to get bogged down in techno babbles and science, mm -hmm. and the new one just goes for whatever's flashy and quickest to get to the next thing. And for me, that's Star Wars, not Star Trek. Like, to me, Star Trek is patient, and Star Trek is based in science, and Star Trek establishes its own rules and follows them. And I don't feel like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek did any of those things. I think it will be easier for it to do that in a TV show than it is a movie. Because in the movie, he had to... He had to, quote-unquote, win everyone over. I mean, come on. When you have to go up against the old Star Trek, the, you know, the the original trio. Right. Like, you've got to wow hard. people. It's like, hard to win any fans. Yeah, that or... would be like, we're going to remake Star Wars. Who should we cast for Luke, Leia, and Han? Gah! You know, like, that is almost impossible. Well, clearly, Leia needs to be played by someone that looks good in a slave outfit. Oh, my God. <laughs> She better not show up to the show to the set overweight. What modern tell you that? What modern young actress would look good in a bathrobe with no bra? 
It's like he, all he wants is to sleep alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, what's next? What's next? That's really that's really the only big news yeah, well, that, that well, happened on. this week, I other than a, what Carrie wants to talk about. Well, no, I wanted to keep talking about that for a second. Oh, Ooh. about Star Trek? Yeah. Okay, Ooh. well, let, let, Well, no, I. the only thing that I'm not excited about is that it's going to be on, what is it going to be on? Oh, it's going to be on some sort of internet streaming service that CBS is creating. You know, instead oh. of just putting it on TV, now I've got to go subscribe to something. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy about that. I just you I know. could have been down with a Netflix original version because they do like kind of like a little bit darker. It would have been fun to see <laughs> just, like darker ne- we, darker Netflix. Uh, we we Trek. just finished Hemlock Grove. I don't know. And you guys liked it, it though. Well, yes. the last season I got hated the couple episodes. I the saw. last season got got really dark and weird, like and then, really dark and weird. And then it ends. And wraps up about as perfect as that kind of story can. Like, uh-huh. like you went, okay, okay. And, everyone... then, and then in the last... Five two, seconds. Like, five seconds. <laughs> right before the opening credits start, they went... Oh, and by the way, here's this really stupid thing. Ta-da! You know, in the And end, it was horrible. At the end of every 80s horror movie, when the, they would pan in on the grave of the monster and you're like, I can finally rest oh, now that... Freddy Krueger's still uh, alive! And the hand comes out of the grave. It was one of those moments. It, except it wasn't even... Like, it was even it was even a, a horrible special effect. Right, yeah. Like, so it didn't it like, even look good. Like, it, it was, was so terrible. So awful. So, like... So like and when unnecessary. You say it, not and, needed. And so, like, unfortunately, when you go, you know, like... A Star Trek Netflix? I'm going, no! <laughs> well, let me just say, like, I hated him, Lock Grove. And based on the first two episodes, which is what I saw, mm-hmm. I would have predicted that's how it's going to be. Well, you'd have you had know, to have watched more of him, oh, Grove it, to it have got gotten it. But really awesome. Like, at I the mean, end of the first season. What do you know? How so many? Good. You watched three Nothing. episodes of I Arrow. Mean, I. Dude, I watched a ton of Arrow and realized I didn't care about it. I've been telling you that you didn't. I have been telling you that you don't care about it. I had to give it a chance. I had to give it a chance. I I own like 200 Green Arrow comics. I had to give it a for real chance. I just need you to say that I was right. Yeah, I don't care about it. You know what? (laughs) We actually, we, we, we were in disagreement in that. You said it's horrible. I feel like it's forgettable. Like, but isn't that? Me, but isn't that the worst? About how he's like the worst actor on television. Oh, he's terrible. And, and I don't. I don't feel like that's true. I just. You will feel I, that that's true when you see him standing next to the Flash. Oh wow! Yeah. I, I mean, and that may be. That may be. But that's not where well, I was at. With this. But from what I can tell, with Arrow, it's his surrounding cast is what makes the show fun anyway. Yeah, like, I mean, he's just is who he is. I, I kind of feel like he played it. It got it got a little bit more interesting. No, it never got interesting. That's the wrong <laughs> way to say it. It's not an interesting show. That's the wrong way to say it. It was just that I could, I just didn't care. Even now, like like the, the even I I think I told you, I'm like maybe two episodes from the season finale. And I quit and then watched like two straight seasons of Orphan Black and just didn't care. Never once was I like, 
I should really finish Green Arrow. Right. You know, so that says a lot. Tell me, start Flash. It's so good. I am. I, I'm starting Flash uh, tomorrow, I guess. So that's gonna be my that's gonna be my big jam is gonna be uh, is gonna be Flash. I'm hoping it's every bit as good as you guys say. Yeah. And the other nerds at the comic book places that keep telling me I should watch it. So, so good. Well, are you ready to preview? I am. Let's preview review. I can't up do in it this yet. Piece. You I can't, can't do it yet. Why? Because you haven't said it. But I will if we're ready. I'm ready. I think we're ready. It's time for the preview review. This is the part of the show where we have scoured the interwebs to read all the articles, read all the interviews, watch all the trailers, and watch all the commercials so that we can tell you whether or not you should see the movies that are about to come out this Friday. We have not seen the movies because we are professionals and don't have to. We got a bunch tonight. We have four. It's a big, that's a big night for us. All right, first up, Trumbo. Uh, Trumbo uh, stars Brian Cranston. And Diane Lane and Louis C.K. and Helen Mirren. Uh, this is about. Uh, this takes place in 1947 when uh, Hollywood's top screenwriter Dalton Trumbo um, is like on the king of the world until he and a bunch of other artists get jailed and blacklisted for supposedly being communists. So, what do you think, AMC Mike? I think. That there is nothing in this movie that I am going to dislike. The entire cast looks awesome. I, I every time when I watched the trailer the first time, right. every time someone new came on, I went, "Oh, I love him! Oh, I love her! Oh, oh!" You know, right. it, uh, the 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 art direction looked gorgeous. I I love things shot in that time period. Yeah. Like it, uh, it just feels right. The music was great. Um. And and I, while I did not like uh, the what was the TV show he was in the, Breaking Bad, I did not like Breaking Bad because I I just I don't like protagonists that are bad guys. Yeah, you know, like I don't like your main the main character to be sure. a bad guy. But um, I think he is an amazing actor, and just just everything about this movie, it's a John Goodman with the baseball bat and or whatever it is that he hits across the. Just everything looks amazing, and I want to go see it really, really badly. What about you, Slink? Well, um, you know, Trumbo is a... He's an interesting character to begin with. Because, you know, the real-life guy, like, he was red-listed, uh, or blacklisted, and banned from Hollywood, um, and then went on to still keep riding and won two Oscars. Yeah. While blacklisted. Yeah. Um, you know, because he also wrote uh, Roman Holiday was one of the I don't remember what the other one was, but it, Roman Holiday and, and another movie are the two that are he got Oscars for while blacklisted, and that's like to me that's particularly fascinating. Um, and the movie is directed by the guy who directed all three Austin Powers movies, right? <laughs> but that guy. <laughs> Well, hang on, though. But here's the thing is, that guy also directed Mystery Alaska, which is great. One of right, a great hockey film. film. Yeah. Um, and also directed, uh, but mostly has directed all of these comedies, Meet the Fockers, The Campaign, and stuff. So um, I look for Trumbo to have, like, a fun element yeah. to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I look for it to feel almost like a Coen Brothers movie. Right. Yeah. That's what was disappointing to me 
was that it wasn't a Coen Brothers. <laughs> right. Like when I, it when shouldn't I it have saw, been? Yeah, when I first saw the, the uh, trailer. Yeah. So, um, so having said that, you know, I, I think, uh, um, I think it looks great and, and I, I think it's going to be really neat to watch because, you know, they've got all of these fame, currently famous people playing all of the A-list famous people from that time period. Um, and I just, I think it's going to be fun. Right. So it's great. Uh, I won't recap, but I, I, I'll go so far as just to say, I agree with both of you and both your assessments. It's Wonderful looking, and when I first saw the trailers, I thought it was a Coen Brothers film. Yeah. Um, Cranston is at the top of his game, and I love that he chose this film to sort of showcase who he is right now. Um, and all I'll say is this. The first trailer made it look so fun. The second trailer makes it look too serious for me. And I, I'm hoping it's more like the first trailer they released where it had a bit more comedy. But I'm giving it a grade, even if it's the serious... Even even as the serious trailer, it still looks awesome. Yeah. So, anyway, I give it a grade. All right. Uh, next up is... Uh, Spotlight. I don't know, I just feel like it's... Spotlight is... Uh, that feels right. The true story of how the Boston Globe uncovered the massive scandal of child molestation and cover-up within the Catholic Archdiocese um, shaking the entire Catholic Church to its core uh, back in the late 80s, I guess. Um, this one stars Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams, and Leif Schreiber. What do you think, Rob? It's good to see uh, Michael Keaton back in the newsroom, right? Like, I liked, you know, I feel like this is the paper part two. <laughs> but, um, which is like one of the all-time greatest journalism films by the way right the, for those of you who've never seen michael keaton in the paper go see it. a smile but, on a clipboard can get you in anywhere <clears throat> that's right um with that said i'm i'm gonna give it a great i'll say it just right up front it's the kind of movie i like i also acknowledge it's the kind of movie a lot of people hate it's got a lot of people in it though that are are great actors um it's a sad true story it's a sad commentary on a really tough time in american history um I wonder how like how long we're going to like revisit this over and over and over again in pop culture, maybe forever. So you know, but I, I give it a great. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'm up next. Um, you know, I agree that this one kind of looks like the paper. It's definitely got some intensity to it that I really appreciate. Um, the the acting. And the actors in this are stellar. The cast list is incredible. Um, you know, the Incredible Hulk, Batman. Uh, what? It, Sabretooth is in this. Uh, and, um, uh, oh, what was her name? Irene Adler. <laughs> you know, I mean... You know what I'm saying? You've got like you've got like the bad guy from X Men, the bad girl from from right, uh, right. Uh, from the Sherlock Holmes movies fighting alongside you know the freaking Batman and Incredible Hulk. I'm in. Fair. I'm in. Uh, but having having said all of that, it actually just looks really interesting. And one it of the does. things one of the things that struck me when I watched this because when we watch the trailer, we always watch the trailers to refresh our memories before we. Start. One of the things that struck me when we watched this trailer was like, we just don't 
have uh, investigative journalists anymore. You know, like we just have reporters now. Right. And and this is like kind of the last great investigative reporter story, you know, and and so there's something also kind of like cool about it. You watch it and you go, yeah, like there was once there were once journalists like investigating stuff and making a difference. Right. And you there know? was an actual time that some investigative journalists um, showed that a bunch of people were being molested by priests. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were heroes. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to grade it. Yeah. Be- before I go, would you uh, say investigative reporting, but as Zoolander, please? Because every time you said that, now that's all I could think about. The investigative. Investi- investigative reporters. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. They can't see it's really, your face. really ridiculous looking. <laughs> <laughs> the investigative reporters, uh, investigative journalists, doing journalism in an investigatory style. <laughs> yeah, nah, man. Sorry. That's exciting, man. That sequel's coming. Yeah, I can't that's going to that. be great. All right, what do you think, AMC Mike? Um, I, I think both of you are awesome. Nailed. Would look good in the slave Leia outfit. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. Yeah. Um, I'm not going as Slave Leia. I want to say that out loud. I'm going as chain-wielding Jabba the Hutt killing Leia. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, I'm going as Ice Queen Leia. Not going to go at all. That's her from the... <laughs> what I'm uh, going. Not going From at the Empire all. Strikes Back on Hoth. Hey, Amy Mike. So as a you POV... Do a, you, do a, you do a podcast? Not really. <laughs> So as a person of vagina, uh, what do you think of Spotlight? See, now I'm afraid to say something because I'm going to be a person of Catholicism here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, This movie looks really well made. The cast is amazing. Just like you guys said all of that already. It, it, It is a well put together movie. And I... You know, I am not denying that this awful thing didn't happen, but it's not something that I want to watch. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. relive. You know, I I get a, I still I say someone religion comes up and I say something about being Catholic, and immediately it's the oh hide all the little boys. You know, and right, I'm like right, that right, doesn't right. even make sense. What? Right. Um. You know, and it it's this awful thing that happened and. I mean, you know, it, it it may be a great movie. I just yep. don't want to see it. So I'm going to grade it, but I will not watch it. That's fair. All There's right. no doubt that the subject matter is going to be rough. Yeah, exactly. And yep. even if I wasn't Catholic, I don't think I'd want to watch it. Sure, yeah. It yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know. All right, next up, uh, Spectre. Uh, this is the new James Bond film in which a cryptic message from Bond's past sends him on a trail to uncover a sinister organization um, while M <laughs> battles political forces to keep the Secret Service alive, Bond peels back the layers of deceit. Is it Hydra? No, it's Spectre. Oh. What? What are you going to give an AMC, Mike? I'm not a huge Bond fan. I'm just not. You know, I, li- I-, I liked the last two. Yeah. But, like, I can't tell you anything about Bond beyond that. Right. Um, but, I mean, it looks fun. It looks good. It's 
you know, I'm going to grade it for what it is. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. What about you, Slink? Well, you know, Daniel Craig is a surprisingly solid Bond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's not who I'm here to talk to you about today. Uh-oh. Okay. Is it Hydra? No. See, the fact of the matter is this. Um, as good as as he may be as Bond, the head guy of Spectre in this film... Here you go. The guy playing the head of Spectre is Christoph Waltz. And frankly, Christoph Waltz is like the most genius actor in Hollywood right now. I mean, I think he's brilliant. And uh, to see him playing a bad guy against James Bond is so wonderful that I don't know that I could see anything else in this movie. So I've got to grade it. I, it gets the Christoph Waltz great. Yeah. I'm the same. He's incredible. And Daniel Craig is a great Bond. And so, that's going to be great. The, uh, uh... James Bond for me is kind of like soccer. I don't care till the World Series, or till the World Cup happens. Sure. You know, but then I really care a lot. And I don't, I don't like track Bond movies. I don't like think about them or watch them in the off season. But when a Bond movie is here, I get excited. Right. And like that, that's and always, always have like you're it, like a casual Bond. Viewer. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little boy always that thinks like cars and cool suits and spies and gadgets are cool. Bond girls. Yeah, I mean, like all of it, like the whole thing. You know what I mean? And and, and like having Christoph Waltz in it is going to be over the top good. It's the best villain they have ever had. Yeah. And I haven't even seen the movie yet. Yeah. Yeah. Un- I, I it will would s- have to be written really bad. I will say, though, to be awesome. I am going to say that it, it's not being well received by critics. They're saying that it's a mess. Mm. Now, and now, that's very plausible. You know, this movie had a lot of bad things happen to it while it was in production. It almost lost Daniel Craig like three or four times. And it's, well, and its script was leaked during the Sony hacks. Yeah. And so halfway through filming the movie, they went back and had to change a bunch of stuff because they were upset that the script had leaked. Um, So, you know, it was kind of, you know, the production was kind of slop, kind of a mess. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see. So there we go. We'll see. What's next? The Peanuts movie. Snoopy embarks on his greatest mission as he and his team take to the skies to pursue their arch nemesis while his best pal Charlie Brown begins his own epic quest. Uh, This one stars no one you've ever heard of. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I guess I go first on this one, right? Yeah, you do. All right, so here's the thing. All right, I'm very mixed on this one. Visually, I'm super intrigued because I love how it looks. I love that it looks like Schultz's drawings, yet also somehow has this modern look to it at the same time. I really love it. Um, I know a lot of people are hit or miss on whether they like it or not, but I really like the way it looks. Um, everything that I've seen looks looks cute. But here's where I, where I waver. The problem for me is that the plot of this movie appears to be the little redhead girl, 
shows up in class for the first time and he thinks that she's pretty and is afraid to talk to her. And while that's going on, Snoopy is flying around as the Red Baron on his doghouse trying to fight off, you know, some bad guy. And my problem is that what I just described was every single Snoopy peanut cartoon ever made. And so I just, there's this part of me that's just like, it's kind of like how many times do we have to do a Spider-Man origin story in a Spider-Man movie? Uh Because there've been so many Spider-Man movies, like we're tired of it, we're done with it. And I feel that way with the Peanuts. Like, I feel like really, after all this time, you couldn't do something more original. You know, like you put all this effort into updating the look for the modern audience and putting it on at the theaters instead of on television. And then you gave us what we already had. So I'm real mixed on it. So, but, um, so I actually come out right on the line. And so I'm kicked simply by the fact that of this, I have a six year old who wants to see it. And therefore, I'll probably end up seeing it. And for that reason only, I guess I'm going to have to say great. All right. AMC Mike. Um, I'm going to say exactly what Slinky said, but opposite. I actually think that this... I don't... I'm going to come right out. I don't like the Peanuts. I've never liked the Peanuts. I'm, I'm not a big fan either, honestly. Um, I... I just, I've always thought that the entire cast of characters is awful. It is a story about a group of kids bullying another kid because he's bald. Like, if you really boil it down, like, Charlie Brown is bullied and picked on, and it's awful and horrible and terrible. It's awful. Um, But he always overcomes at the end. But he doesn't always not really i mean you know they they still treat him horribly they just they they let him hang out with them you know like it's awful um i i just i've never liked it um that being said this movie the all the previews i've seen it sound it feels like charlie brown is actually overcoming some of this and is taking you know, control of his life or doing whatever. Um, and so it doesn't feel like the peanuts to me. It almost feels like I would maybe watch it. Um, visually, I think it is very, very neat and interesting. It reminds me of, uh, the video game, uh, paper, paper Mario or Mario paper, whatever that video. Yeah. It's, if it reminds me of that a lot. And, um, the only thing visually that I don't like is I don't like that Snoopy is furry. Like, that kind of, the texture on Snoopy kind of wigs me out a little bit, just visually. Like, I don't know, like, makes me, like, wiggle. Like, it doesn't, not a good wiggle either. Like, it's like like chalk on, fingernails on a chalkboard or something. It just doesn't feel right. Um, so I'm I'm kind of right where you were on, on the line. I'm also going to fall with the, uh, on the, on the, grade it side just barely um and that's just because i'm hoping that maybe this time it really will be a story about a kid overcoming and other kids actually being nice and not complaining about a christmas tree what do you think rob i've struggled with it 
and you know I've seen all the all the peanuts stuff and read the read the comics my dad liked the peanuts and so they were around you know and we used to get it in the paper just like everybody did mm-hmm. I think that that what I what I do like about the peanuts is <clears throat> and I don't know again I don't know how much of them you've watched AMC Mike or how much of it is perception of what they're like you know I, no, I, I've, I don't I've know seen all, I've seen all of them yeah you know but to me like my takeaway always was more like what Ryan said that like he does always sort of overcome it's kind of like he's got his friends that are nice and his friends that are like you know Peppermint Patty is just kind of cool she's not picking on him it's Lucy's picking on him and Linus is his buddy and then, like, this other cast of characters, right? And he's always got his own personal issues that he's kind of working through. Um, and it's not that Lucy isn't mean to him, but I just kind of always figure she has a crush on him in secret. And they kind of, like, allude to that in this trailer, by the way. With the whole, like, there's this new girl and she's like, she's not that pretty or whatever. You know, like, that was always sort of, like, my takeaway. Um, the thing I've always liked about the Peanuts is there's, like, this element of kindness to it that wasn't in other things. Like, you know... Charlie Brown is just like sort of like this humble dude. Sometimes he slips a little bit into Eeyore, maybe too much for my liking. But in general, he's just like a humble guy who's going to try to do the right thing. And he's and his dog's always by his side. You know, and, and like that's it. So like the problem that Ryan has with it is that that's all there is. There's only the Spider-Man origin story. Right. There was never more than that. You know, it's either Charlie's going to try to get a tree... Or Linus is going to hope the pumpkin is real, like that. The, that's that's it. Like, or they no, eat popcorn yeah, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, like like the, there's only a couple. Like it, it is a one trick pony. So with that said, I kind of like the fact that every trope was there. You know what I mean? Like every single like because there's only one story to tell, and if you're going to tell it to my kid, let it be that story. Like that's sort of how I how I kind of feel about it. I'm interested to see like how they're going to introduce this new character. Right, this red-headed girl person. Because she's not Peppermint Patty. They showed Peppermint Patty in the trailer. Um, so who is she? What's her name? She didn't exist before. So that's the new element of whatever. Hasn't she always existed? Mm-hmm. There's a new girl that's always existed? Yeah, it's the always red-headed, the red-headed The little, little red-headed, red-headed girl. girl. Yeah. Oh, see, I don't recall that. Yeah, it's, it's again, it's the peanut trope. It's the, it's peanut. the peanut. We don't yeah. know who she is. Yeah, it's like, she new, never new had girl. a I'm pretty sure she never had a it name. It just, but it does look like they show, they may show her face, and they'd never done that before. In the, cart- in the cartoon, it seems like they'd always just shown her from behind, I think. Yeah, I think so. Okay, like so... Anyway, with that said, like, um, I got kind of bored watching the trailer, even though the things that I saw that I liked, I still liked. Like, I liked Charlie Brown at the door about to ring the bell, and then Snoopy rings the bell and he yells, Arg! You know, it's like, all too much for me, right? I think we all have, like, some Charlie Brown deep inside our heart that, like, just gets overwhelmed with life sometimes. You know, you can't believe somebody just rang the bell when you were going to sneak away. Right. Um, But... So here's the crux of this. Even the holiday films, the Thanksgiving, uh, Halloween, and Christmas, are not two-hour-long productions. Right. They are not. They're like an hour, 45 minutes. So can this movie hold 93 minutes? Right. Can 93 minutes of this last? And I just don't know, so I give it a hate. All right. Well, I want to, before we go, I want to propose one little thought. All right. So, Charlie Brown. He's the boy that the whole world seems to be against, particularly karma 
is against. Right, karma is against him. Yeah. What did okay. he do in a past life? <laughs> well, there's a question, right? And when he's faced with all of that adversity, he chooses to overcome with the help of his friends and his dog. Right. So I posit this. Is the negative universe anti-Charlie Brown Caillou? <laughs> large-headed, large round-headed, bald little boy whom karma and the world seems to be against. But when he's down at his lowest point... He just bitches about right. it to he's his mom until his mom will come and fix it for him. Right. Because he's, he's a whiny worst. little brat. Right. He's the worst. He's like Nega Charlie. <laughs> he is Nega Charlie. <laughs> I agree, dude. I totally agree. In the world, like in in the world of film, I wish you guys could see AMC Mike's face because because like there's so much agreeance on it. <laughs> well, no, Charlie like... Brown is like Slave Leia. And Caillou is Jar Jar the Sith. No, like, it's like if you took, Caillou's like, if you took Charlie Brown and the the whole Peanuts universe and you made a dark, gritty anime about it, like, like that Caillou came out. Because it's evil. I hate Caillou. <laughs> I do too. God. Every time Dakota would watch Caillou, she'd whine afterwards. Can't stand Caillou. Oh, it's terrible. Like, Caillou made Dakota whine, and uh, Dora the Explorer made... Made uh, her be demanding? Made her be demanding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's true. But at least it was demanding in Spanish. (laughs) So she was learning. Uh, Well, until next time, uh, I'm the Hollywood Sleeky, and I love movies. I'm AMC Mike, and I love movies. I'm Rob. I love movies. Let's Let's all all love love movies movies together. together. Unless they suck. Well, you know, we can love to hate them. Caillou was sad. He didn't want to watch any more movies. That's what I... I hate the narrator. Shut up, Caillou. I hate the narrator just as much. Oh, man. The other day, the other day at uh, Sarah's birthday party, I narrated my own life as though I were Caillou. Oh, ew. Robbie was sad. He didn't want to answer the door for gifts anymore. You know? Like, that's like... that's. Can't somebody just fix it? Aren't all the answers in mommy's closet? Yeah. Barf. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week.